Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Teeing It Up with CNV. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, C, that stands for Connor, uh, back with another weekly show with my co-host, Vladdy. Um, Vladdy, introduc- introductory part portion of the podcast, how you doing? I'm doing well. Can I just say that was a crisp, crisp clap to, to start the show? Um not too high pitched so that the can't or the audio can still pick it up, but no, I'm doing well. Uh, I was just telling you before we started, I had a great Tuesday. Um, Champions League was back. Real Madrid played Liverpool in one of the craziest games I think I've ever watched. Um, mm. Went to went two nothing down in the first 15 minutes and then scored five in a row to beat Liverpool in England, which is very hard to do. It's a kind of a fortress there. So effectively kill off that tie, move on. Um, but outside of that, uh, half, half the week is done. I got a short week this week for work, no Friday. I was also telling you, kind of bracing for this winter storm. So I think tomorrow will be a kind of half half in the office, half at home day from, of work for me, which means that like that's really only half the day where I have to work. So I'm doing well. Uh, I, had a, I had a mundane weekend, probably the most – boring one i've had probably in my life uh, i was babysitting my sister and playing xbox all weekend but other than that i'll turn it over to you i know that was a very big ramble no that was good i appreciate it just make sure with the ice storm that maybe we delete the portion where you said you don't work when you work from home so the if anyone from general dynamics is listening to this they <laughs> they, they didn't hear that portion of it um, no, no. i cheating the company out on hours no, as no. most of America I still does, work. you know, I'm I'm giving you a hard time. Oh, I know yes. most of America, um, silent quits at some point of part of their day. So, um, I'm good. I also had a pretty quiet. I've had a pretty quiet like winter so far. I mean, I've done a couple of things, gone out, um, but another quiet weekend for me. I caught up on some school, which is good. Uh, relatively mundane week of school. I got about two this week and two more till my spring break. So we're counting down that. Um, it's weird to be as old as we are now and be like excited for a spring break still. Um, but that's part of the grad school life, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, that's about it. I know we didn't really get into any intros the week before since we kind of started on that sad note. So it's, uh, I guess I enjoyed this part of the podcast a lot. So uh, it was good to good, good good to get some introductories on how your life is. I'm sure everyone listening really cares about our lives too. Um, considering most of the people that listen probably know 90% of the stuff we say out loud. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've already heard it. But yeah, no, you're right. It, it, it's always good to kind of catch up if I haven't talked to you in a while. But let's get into it. We've got a decent amount of stuff to talk about. We're kind of beginning the... A weird the, week. A weird one. Yes. Uh, I'll let you get started. I know uh, this is this this next topic is more your your area, so I'll let you take it over. Yeah. So obviously, we've kind of been predominated by the sport uh, of America in American football, uh, which ended with the Super Bowl last week. Uh, I know we talked about that last week. So now we're kind of looking for topics here. We're kind of in the dog days. I know the NBA uh, All Star Game Skills Competition was last week. I don't know. Not much to cover from there. Can I actually? Um, can I cut you off real quick before we yeah. uh, just to talk about that? So we'll get into Michigan, Michigan State later. But that game ended, and I turned the uh, I turned the broadcast over to the dunk contest, and I watched one dunk. It was I think one of Mac McClung's fifties, and I was like, oh, cool, whatever. And then I listened to what sounded like fifteen Tony Romos on the broadcast, going, oh. <laughs> 
Which that's I, the nature of that of the of an event like that, like, I think though. No, maybe we're older now and like we don't I don't feel that, but I just looked at it as I saw that one dunk, I listened to the reaction, I turned it off. I was like, I'm not gonna do this. I can't Yeah, so I've kind of heard mixed reactions on the uh, obviously the skills competition is kinda like every other all star game. It's kinda like people just kind of throw their arms up and go like why? Like this isn't it. Yeah. Um but I did hear good things about the Matt McClung that he did some crazy like dunks that were kind of new and fresh and people were kind of pleased with that. But I've also heard the other side of it is like, yeah, they were pretty cool dunks, but like it, it says something when you have somebody that's basically a G league player that has to come in and save your, save your event. It's like people, I don't know. It, it kind of there's counterbalancing arguments. Where would you rather see that super cool seven thousand degree dunk, or would you rather see like the actual big names do something that you've already seen a hundred times? I think people. I've seen people on Twitter and social media be on both sides of that argument. I don't think there's a right answer. I think I'd prefer to see something new, but I'm I'm kind of in the mindset. I think I'd rather probably prefer the star. But if you're actually asking okay. me, I just don't care. I think All Star right. weekends are a thing I don't past. Yeah. I give them a week vacation. Let them go. Let them go. Have fun with their families for the first time in four months. I think All Star weekends are useless now. But let's uh, sorry sorry again. Sorry to hijack. You just mentioned it, and I kind of wanted to remember just because my hatred for Tony Romo was so much that when I heard seven yeah. of them, I was like, no, can't do it. But. No, any resemblance of them does bring out those emotions because they are so <laughs> strong. Um, yeah, so we're kind of into these dog days of the NBA and the NHL now, so we'll kind of dip in and out uh, of those topics here over the next couple of weeks until we get to those playoffs. And I'm sure if you were listening um, last spring and into summer when we started this show, uh, that was most of our topics was the NBA yep. and NHL playoffs, so that will become a thing once that happens. Um, for now, though, uh, especially since we got about, what, three weeks till Selection Sunday, um, we'll stick with MSU basketball and then kind of dip our toes in and out of the main topics of the NBA and NHL yes. uh, and soccer. Um, yes, so yes. really, uh, as the we kind of mentioned what the what's up in the NBA, um, we didn't go too much into the trade deadline besides the Kyrie trade, but I don't, I don't think we have to really beat that down since that was kind of almost two weeks ago now. Did we talk um, about Durant? We did not talk about Durant. That's why I kind of was like, do we want to bring that up since it has been so long? Um, but, yeah, no. it was – I mean, it, it had its fair share of crazy stuff that I don't really think we mentioned after the Kyrie trade. Yeah, uh, maybe we go into that later just because I think uh, last week probably would have been the best, obviously, chronologically to go into Durant. But given the atrocities of last Monday night, we I, I just completely slipped my mind. But – Let's uh let, let's save Durant for another time. Sorry, let's, let's carry on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as far as the NHL, the NHL trade line, deadline kind of approaches here. It's March first, so it's uh, next week. Uh, yeah, about nine days away. Um, so as far as the NHL goes, there have been some prelim as far as the NHL goes. Names been sent. Uh, the biggest one so far uh, has been well, it's been both the Blues. The Blues are clearly out. Uh, they gave Colorado the best run for their money last year in the playoffs and have had this just super very inconsistent year uh, and and are in this weird spot where they have a couple nice young pieces and Robert Thomas. Um, I'm blanking on the other kid's name, the really fast kid. I don't know what is. Uh, I don't come to me after this show. Anyways, uh, they're kind of veteran pieces they've gave, given up on in that Ryan O'Reilly, their captain, was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are the historic 
Um, what would their comparison be for those that don't watch hockey? Um, I'm thinking the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, you, you have your hands on your neck. Great A chokers. Have not won a playoff round since 2004. Haven't won a cup since many years before that. Um, they are beyond cursed. They have like three or four. I got a good one. Michigan football. Michigan football. <laughs> That's a good one. I wouldn't even put Michigan football on like uh, like their level because like Toronto is like the big market. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Only that's imagine right. if the Dallas Cowboys never won a playoff game. Instead of winning divisional rounds, they they won nothing. They didn't even get to that. That's the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's your football comparison. Hey. That's the only football I'm going to mention for the week. I just uh, want I just wanted to take a dig at Michigan. You know my feelings for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Dallas Cowboys of hockey, they bring in a guy that's a captain, 32 year old. The offense has gone down. Um, but he's still – he's slotted to play a third-line center role. I, I know they've talked about maybe a second-line wing role. He's probably got to be the best third-line center in hockey. He's pro- he's right now a solid second-line center who's going to give you 50 to 60 points a year, um, probably for the next couple of years he's got that in him. He's no longer kind of a point-per-game, two-way, uh, top-line center on a cup-winning team like he was three years ago now or four years ago now when St. Louis won the cup. Um, but to add on to a team that doesn't have a lot of grit and has all that talent, we'll just say that Toronto Maple Leafs are all in. And I know I kind of say this every year off the podcast, but it's it's another team where you're like, if they find a way to lose in the first round this year, oh, my God, what do you do? You have all these superstars. I mean, something has to – like, it's just one of those things. It's just meant to be that they'll never win. I, you just add another veteran – great player solid player that's going to fit perfectly in what they need him to do they don't need him to score a ton so i don't know and it sounds like they're not going to be done either as they approach the deadline um as far as hockey the other one vladimir tarasenko was sent to the rangers uh another veteran goal scorer who's kind of lost a step but it's still the rangers who are red hot kind of look like a, a fringe playoff team are now one of the best teams in the east they add another goal scorer who will play alongside Russian Artemi Panarin. He scored in his first game last week as a Ranger. That looks like it's going to be a good pairing together, and they look like an absolute wagon here uh, in the dog days of the NHL. The other major story as far as trading goes is uh, Patrick Kane, obviously. Uh, he passed um, uh, Jeremy Roenick for third all-time in American skater points, so he's now – uh, third for Americans in points Behind in the NHL. Uh, I couldn't yeah. remember the second. The first name is Mike Madano, and then the mm-hmm. second name was a really old one I didn't recognize. Uh, and he is a legit – I think he's probably about three to four – three more good years away from passing Madano, which, I mean, he's he's at like a – I mean, he, he had 92 points last year over a point per game. This year, I, I believe he – he's at like 35 and 50 games kind of that team is a joke so that's basically a point per game on a normal team mm-hmm. um so he still got it uh obviously the numbers aren't quite there and people are saying that's because of a lingering hip issue that uh, are kind of scaring teams away but the rumor mill is that the Patrick Kane deal to the Rangers was well in place and was going to happen until the Blues swept in and gave a better offer for Tarasenko or wanted way less for Tarasenko. Uh, so they took Tarasenko over Kane. Kane, who is very quiet usually in the media, had some words about how 
that was a team he was looking at being moved to and how he was super disappointed that he wasn't going to be a Ranger now because they have Tarasenko. It's like it's going to be hard for them to eat even more salary cap uh, to get him because he is a huge cap hit. And he's 33 years old. Like I said, he's taken a step back. People attesting a lot of that to injury, though. He's rumored, from what I hear, to be either a Dallas star or a Vegas Golden Knight, which I think would be great for both those teams because the West is kind of wide open right now, and then there's no real star team out there right now where the the East is just kind of this gauntlet. Uh, And that's where I'll finish with hockey um, is the Red Wings. They won five in a row before losing Sunday or Saturday night in Seattle. Uh, They put themselves from what looked like to be complete sellers um, to now they're only two two points out of the second wild card spot. They're very much alive. The problem is there's six teams all within like five points of the wild. The, that, so it's like it could be your chances are still minuscule, even though you're because your chances are one and three, not counting the fact that 15 of your last 27 games are against teams that are currently uh, in a playoff spot. So a lot of work to be get done, but it, it's nice to see them kind of make this resurgence and it leads them to the question of what happens to Dylan Larkin, because now you're not necessarily a seller, but if you don't have him signed by the deadline, you probably lose him for nothing in the off season. Um, so that continues to be an issue. It sounds like what looked like Iserman having the bargaining power has shifted to Larkin now has it as we're this close to the deadline. Uh, there's also rumors that Bertuzzi was going to get moved because he's also a UFA this summer and he's mm-hmm. played great since being healthy and on this run. Um, so, yeah, both those two names have been floated around. It'll be super interesting to see what they do with them. Uh, if they do set, try and sell or if Lark, or even if Eisenman tries to make a move, something small, maybe uh, have a chance here. We are like in that spot where we're not getting Bedard. Um, we haven't been in a playoff spot for six years, seven years now. So it's like, you might as well. I'd be very okay as a fan to have uh, that second wild card spot and lose to Boston in four games. I'd be okay with it at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of where the wings are at. We'll see what happens there. Uh, That's hockey. Yeah. I think uh, that was the hockey rundown for today. Yeah. I uh... Let's uh, let's get into Michigan State basketball. That'll kind of tie us into the bigger topic afterwards. Yeah. Um, you have uh, – they play tonight against Indiana. That'll be something that may or may not watch. We'll see how I'm feeling. But um, the, the game uh, – Three-point yes. favorite. Yeah. I no What's idea. that about? Vegas knows something. Maybe Trace Jackson yeah. Davis is hurt. but um, That's what I thought, but he had point – he had a point – his point bonus was 22 and a half. A ridiculous number for over. I don't know. Hey, I don't, I don't get so. Yeah, I pounded my Indiana plus three. <laughs> not a bad not a bad play, but um yeah, no, they played Michigan uh was Sunday night now. Um or Saturday. 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 Wow, that's crazy. It's already Tuesday, but play played Michigan in a very kind of uh great game. It was a, no, it was a great game. It was kind of Michigan State leading most of the way. Uh, but it was never something where you're thinking to yourself, Oh well, we can pull away, we can kind of rest a little bit. It was always Usually, been single digits. I think our our tallest. I think our biggest lead was around eight points um, before we completely fell off a cliff. Um, I mean, I don't know. It just I'm still kind of in disbelief at how that game kind of slipped away um, from being tied with two minutes to go. Um, 
kind of a bang bang call off Joey Hauser with two or off Hauser with two minutes and three seconds left that isn't able to be reviewed because it's not under two minutes. Um, I, I haven't seen other replays. I don't know if that would have changed anything, but um, they go and drain a three after that. We go down. We don't do anything. They come back, and Hunter Dickinson just buries us. Yeah, was it Cody Bufkin that hit the shot to go I up think six, so, yep. I believe, with a minute and Just end of the shot clock was bobbling the ball, fade away by the benches. Like, not much you can do there. Uh, hats off to Michigan. I hate to say that. They did a nice – the nice gesture to what they did for the, before that game. Yeah, that was um, for Michigan State, which is you know nice to see them put down the rivalry for uh, things that are more important than sports. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting, and I think this is kind of indicative on how MSU. I, my notice on watching most of the games this year is that's not the kind of game that MSU is going to win eighty-four to seventy-two, uh, the high-scoring game as far as college goes. Michigan State, if you look at most of their wins this year, they've been those 65, both teams below 65 games. Mm -hmm. I Ones that come to mind are Rutgers, uh, Iowa. Uh, I'm missing one that they just got at home. The Purdue game they lost by one was 64-63, I believe. They've played much better when, I hate to say it, rock fests. And they do embrace, and they do play this kind of like, they do play a little bit. That's why I'm a, even though I have my serious doubts that we can get into uh, with this team now at 16 and 10, probably 16 and 11 when you guys see this. Uh, they do play a little more of like the ISO physicality, find a way to stay in games than last year's team. I think they're just as talented, if not maybe a little less talented than last year's team. But the, I'm a little more encouraged by that portion of their play. Yeah, um, I think the we, we've mentioned a couple times, I think the point guard play between Walker uh, with some confidence and kind of another year of Hogard maturing, kind of keeping the turnovers down and being able to get to the basket the way Cassius used to. I think having those two guys at their best kind of does give us a chance to basically play with, um, I don't want to say everyone, but let's say almost anyone in the country. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's a very erratic team. Um, low that was floor, my next point. Yeah, low floor, decently high ceiling. So we'll see what right. happens as this, as kind of the games go along. Maybe they can steal one here. But um, yeah, the, the loss to Michigan was tough. You mentioned it. It was a really nice gesture. Um, kind of everything. Uh, you want to talk about uh your experiences of that game and uh your basement or what do you mean? Oh, the yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was just kind of like. As much, I really – Michigan football is one thing, and there's so many egos that go around Michigan football. But there's just something about – and I it used to be the other way, and it probably will go back once once Hunter Dickinson leaves or once Michigan misses the tournament this year and Juwan Howard is on the hot seat. Um, but, but I just don't – like that crew together just really, really bothers me. It gets under my skin and – it was kind of like an emotional – obviously, it was an emotional start because it was the first thing that Michigan State has kind of done as a body since – I guess since all the memorials and stuff that week. But the, I just kind of got into it, said, said a couple things that you, know, that you shouldn't say in front of your parents when you're watching a, a game. And it's just like I just had to watch the game from the basement the rest of the time. Um, <laughs> the basketball games, because they're just so back and forth and close games, can, and the end of basketball games are so stressful. 
I do like do better watching those alone for some reason. I don't know why I get so into the basketball, but I do. Yeah, you're passionate. The football, man. there's like a little more build into the like, like it's a whole drive to get exactly. There, right? You can like, your expectations tailor themselves. It's not one shot for points. Right. So I think that in my head and with my like just like. I was going to say something probably politically incorrect verbiage, <laughs> but like my not smart brain just goes to like <laughs> certain ways, I guess. I don't, re- oh, I don't really know how to better describe it, but uh, yeah, I think tournament outlook is this team can lose two more games and still be guaranteed a tournament spot. That sound about right. Give or take. Anything I mean, more, I'd rather not. I'd rather, I'd rather win. I'd ra- I mean, I'd rather steal this game against Indiana and then give yourself a chance to lose to a worse team. But um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, I think they are fairly safe, barring uh, just a disaster class at end of the regular season. Um, Which could, I mean, it, it could very well. You look, these next two are, you got to win one of these next two. Indiana, Iowa, they're both very tough games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you have Nebraska and then Ohio State at home. Yep. Yeah, so we'll, you should we'll be see. able to go two and two, no problem. You're eighteen yeah. and twelve going. Yeah. Into Hopefully, the they can get the Minnesota game scheduled. Drop a nineteen in there, oh, just right. to kind of boost right. the resume. But we'll see. Um, let's get to the big topic. This is the. Um, I know we were talking today uh, during the day. Is uh, how what do we want to go about? And we both kind of agreed this is a kind of a really interesting topic. Something we're passionate about, and something that might be becoming an issue. Um, is college basketball as a whole? And the health of the sport, and I guess in better phrase and higher put, is is college basketball dying? Um, mm. Do we want? How do we want to do? Do we want want to give our initial uh, our our initial ideas? Is it dying or not? And then go into the reasons why, or what do what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think we could like. I think there's a couple of like really big structure point. We both kind of agree on the same point, and that like it is just the subtracting product of the last. I don't know. Basically, since COVID, I've noticed a huge decline. And obviously, there's a couple of major reasons for that. So let's kind of dive into, I think, reason number one to kind of mediate it is um, NIL. And obviously, for yeah. me, NIL has affected every single sport, uh, every single sport, as in the ones we watch, basketball and football. But so it's it's not like indicative on like college basketball's NIL program. No, it's all of college sports right now. And I think that's going to slowly be fixed to a certain extent with some of the litigation that's coming out in various states. Um, but I don't know if that problem will ever be solved. And I think for me, the biggest problem is just this like you never know. It's the same thing with football is like as a college sports fan, how do you follow players like you were able to, you know, years ago, right? Like where you had these guys that were going to be in these programs for three, four, five years. Now you get guys that are playing for two, three, four schools. It's like, it's hard as a fan to stay on top of your own team. If you don't know who's on the roster, you're in and you're out and you're just kind of recycling players yeah. like that. Um. Yeah, with the NIL, um, you, I, I do agree with that. I, I do think it levels itself out as um, kind of the as it kind of goes on, and maybe schools get a better idea of what it is, how to kind of give it out properly. You mentioned some litigation, maybe laws we put in place saying, "Hey, like you can't go around throwing tens of million dollars at a high school kid." Maybe that's something that right. has, to be, has to be progression based. Maybe he's got to show up and he's got to earn that ten and a half million dollars or whatever right. it might be. 
Um, the one thing you certainly picked on, uh, and I don't know if this is an NIL thing, but part of it is with kids moving around for certain deals, but uh, roster construction. You are 110% correct. Um, the continuity of the sport is gone. Uh, I mean, if I look back at Michigan State basketball at the start of the season, I probably didn't know maybe a quarter of the roster. Um, right. You look at, and, and it's on the national base too, is, uh, you, and we'll get into this as well, but I'll get into this later, but you, you don't really know who you're playing against anymore. Um, that used to be something it's like, hey, here's uh, what's his, uh, Grayson Allen. You knew Grayson Allen was at Duke. You don't know who's at Duke right. anymore. You don't know where you don't know who Kentucky has anymore. No. Who who was who's on Kansas? I don't know. It's 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 the and then you can kind of have these like to me I think it's a problem is these mid major schools now become junior colleges essentially to yes. where if you're not that good out of high school you find a way to get like a Tyson Walker for is an example with Michigan State is like you're not that good or you're not that big so you don't get recruited by these big schools out of high school. You go put up 22 points a game at Northeastern and, you know, the big dogs start calling and want to recruit you. And that happens for a lot of guys. And that's, again, speaking to continuity of the roster. And now that's – it's not just because of NIL. I think it's also because of the one-and-done nature. But like one, to me, one-and-done isn't really the problem with the dying product because one-and-done has been a thing for, what, a decade? A decade plus? 15 it's years like, now? It's, like, it's almost 20, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, so, like – Go ahead. I was I was gonna say I think the one and done rule plays. I, I don't know if it plays into the issue of the product. Uh, I think it plays into an issue of sometimes people are just there. They're there because someone told them they had to be. Um, right. And maybe they're not engaged in the team. They're maybe they're not engaged in actually connecting with the fans. Um, again, that's not some big issue because if that's something you're gonna like get mad about and just go yell at clouds. But I do think it kind of does contribute to a little bit of the weakening of the sport, weakening of the passion. Um, I think you've got um, – speaking of roster construction, I think you have uh, the G League. I know we talked about this. That's – yeah. The G League, the the NBA kind of reinvested in it. it used to be with the D League, they called it, and it kind of felt like, ha D, D and grades, these guys are bums, this that. And they kind of – they rebranded. They, they I think, if I'm not mistaken, they kind of brought in, I think at this point, every team has a minor league or a G League team, whereas before, I don't think everyone did. Um, you you are starting to kind of tempt the kids out of high school and say, hey, man, here's a million dollars. Come play here. Hey, man, here's this, here's that. And I was actually doing some research. Um, for the last four years, so from, or from 20, or 2021 to 2018, so all the way back to Zion's year, you were looking at it, at least two of the top 20 kids, so all five stars, have disappeared and gone to the G League, which is something that never happened 10 years ago. So, I mean, I, I Say that at, number again. Say that number again. I'll just go year by year because I, I think that actually makes it sound worse than it is. So, in 2021, two of the top nine high school recruits did not go to college. In 2020, two of the top four did not go to college. This is off ESPN. Obviously, that can always change, but... In 2019, two of the top 20, and then in 2018, two of the top 13. All five stars, um, and again, they, they might not have always panned out. I mean, it's, it's Anthony Simons, Darius Baisley, R.J. Hampton, LaMelo. Sure, they might not all be big-name NBA stars, but we're not talking about the NBA. We're talking about players in college and college basketball's product. And right. when you don't have those stars, those 
attention grabbers going to these programs, you're losing out. And I think this is a trend that will continue, might get worse depending on how much money the, the G League is kind of willing to throw around. I think right now it's about a million dollars a kid for a year or whatever it might be. But which and I NIL say no to that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, NIL can't top that. So no. I guess that's one thing where it kind of can't help the college game. And uh, oh, you think it can? I think the NIL for that reason. I mean, it, I think it can. Uh, I'll get into one specific topic that does kind of hit close to home. Is uh, Hunter Dickinson? In years mm-hmm. past, if NIL didn't exist, he'd be playing in Latvia. Um, right. It does kind of help kids who might not have the professional or maybe the American professional future, but say, way I like basketball. I want to go get paid. It does help him stay a little bit. I think 10 years ago, Hunter Dickinson would have been a one and done and he would have continued his career in Europe, but really it's brought, it's brought him. It's it's kept guys in there. Um, it's kind of given him another year, uh, two years. Whatever my thing be. is, my thing is with the money is that you like NIL right now. I don't think, well, if you're talking like, Will you get paid here? Yes. Will you get paid in college? Yes. But I think you're getting paid substantially more in the G League right now to where it is it is such a feasible option for these top stars. I don't think – I don't. I could be completely wrong, and I don't have the data in front of me. I can't imagine there's a player in college basketball making a million-plus off NIL. There isn't football – there's only like what? 15 to 25 guys in football making that? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. Um, I guess you're right. I don't have the data either, but I do think it is something that can be used, if, if used properly, can be a, a, a way to kind of keep um, players around. Um, but again, the money part, as far as the actual dollar amount, goes into the product of the game. If, if college basketball isn't seen as a commodity to people, they're not going to pay these college basketball players a lot of money. So it kind of works. It's yeah. a reciprocal argument, yeah. I guess. Um, that, that's fair. Um, the other thing, now I don't understand how, I don't know maybe how big of an effect this really is, but I also do think um, you kind of look around and the, I think the rise of the worldwide game, I mean, you mm-hmm. look at the best players in the league right now, Giannis, Luka, uh, Jokic. This Wambio kid. That's that, yeah, yeah I was, was going to say Wembenyama right now. These guys, they're not coming from they're not coming from college anymore. Now, obviously, again, I'm not talking about the NBA product. I'm just saying I think scouts are suddenly and maybe even people are a little bit more open to seeing, hey man, what's over in what what do they got in Europe? What what, what does right. Germany have? What does France have? I think maybe kids are I think maybe they're a little bit more open to, hey, what can we what what can we pluck out of Africa? Um it, it's I, I, I do I, again. I don't think this is a big issue, but I think it's something where maybe it's taken some of the spotlight from college, where before it was. If you're looking for the NBA pipeline, if you want the next generation of stars, you had to look at college because that was it. Right. I think, and now you have those other. You have the G League. You have Europe. You have other stuff where it's like, well, I can do. I can go. I can go learn more. I can go do more. Um, and then. I guess the other thing that I would move on to is the, just the personalities themselves. I mean, we grew, the, the people we all grew up with, the people that have been around for 40 years, they're, they're done now. Um, yeah. Some of it due to age, some of it due to how high maintenance college, college sports have become. Um, I know. But do you think that creates the opportunity, sorry to cut you off, for new people to become like yes. the names that I think of when you, you think of this example are Coach K, Coach Roy Williams. 
Um, those are the, the two that pop yeah. up in my head recently because they both were recently retired. Um, but those kind of names, uh, Jim Calhoun is another one that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, those kind kinds of names, those are all age, obviously. Uh, don't you think that creates the opportunity for like a Shire who is Kay's replacement to be obviously off of what Kay's done? He's going to get a lot of recruits and everything, but yeah. he has a chance to make his name to be the Shire core after Coach K. You're right, but you, you brought up Jim Calhoun. I think that's a perfect one. I think he retired in 2014. UConn hasn't really done much since then. No. You're right. Yeah. It does you're right. It does open up the door of possibilities for the next generation of Izzos that stay in one school for a while, which, by the way, given how connected everything is, I don't even know if that's a thing. I don't know if coaches will start sticking around for 20, 30, 40 years like some of the yeah. ones did. But, I mean – you brought you brought up Coach K. You brought up Roy Williams. I bring up Jay Wright, and you, Jay maybe Wright, you yeah. laugh at this. I'll even bring up John Beeline. Now he left for the league, but yeah. he had he no. had Michigan. Michigan played for two national titles under him. He yeah. had them. Michigan over the last 10, 12 years is the second winning winningest program in March Madness behind Gonzaga. Um, that's so, crazy that Gonzaga yeah, is the most winningest. You've got, I mean. You've got coaches who, in my opinion, are kind of on their way out. Izzo, Bayheim, Calipari, maybe. I mean, Dick Vitale's getting older. So I think – Personality-wise, yeah. yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. I just think the – I don't want to turn this into a WWE thing, but just like the characters we grew up with, um, the characters that everyone grew up with because they were around for so long that you didn't really have a choice. Um, but I, I do want to bring up – I mentioned earlier specifically the nature of how high-maintenance it is. Roy Williams and Jay Wright – they are both on record saying, I just didn't want to deal with what it, what it takes now. Because right. we've mentioned this in football, but it's the same thing. You kind of have to be a CEO coach now. You can't really just be an X's and O's guy because your recruiting process doesn't stop after high school. You got to recruit, wow. kid, recruit kids in the portal. You got to recruit kids to stay out of the portal. You got to recruit right. high schoolers. You got to deal with people coming back for a 17th year or leaving early. So I think you have such a – I again, those You really specific... do run a program instead of a basketball yes. team now. Yeah. Um, like you said, I think um, those two guys I know specifically left because of that. Obviously, age doesn't mm-hmm. help. I mean, Roy Williams was – He was getting yeah. up there. 70s, but yeah. he, he did say, I mean, I'd love, love to do this again, but it's just I don't find passion in having to recruit a kid once, having to recruit him twice hoping he comes back a third time. Oh, maybe I missed him in high school. Let me go try him again when he doesn't like how much playing time he got over it. Which is amazing to me that those guys have very reasonable reasons to walk away. And then you get Jim Beheim refuses to leave, basically. Yeah. And then Tom Izzo, who is also voiced similar frustrations, signed a five-year deal to be here for four more years after this year. So. You want to know an interesting topic that I have? I think Tom Izzo, his, I think, I mean, maybe not, but in my opinion, next season is kind of my last straw with him. If he can't get anything done with that class next year, I mean, just. But they'll be fresh. Like, it's so hard. Like, really, the only true one and done is going to be the big Booker, Booker guy. Yeah. The yeah, other, I mean, like, Fears, Fears is a borderline five, four. I've seen him four or five, depending on the thing. But like, I don't know if he's a guarantee. He's not a guaranteed one and done. Like, 
the other kid that's soon after is not either. So that's, like, you're right. But then if you, if you're going to use that, you're then looking at another three year rebuild. You're going to say, oh, they're just freshmen, but they're not upperclassmen for for three more years. So I mean, right. does, he, does he have that long to wait? Do, do we have that? Because like we've been we've been out of the first weekend once since 2015. That's unacceptable. But you are losing three of your four best players this from this year's team. Malik Hall, yeah, Tyson Walker, and Joey Hauser. I'm, I'm look. I, I'm I understand that. Um, maybe Tom Izzo. We we keep talking about the bad of this, but like it's it is necessary. Maybe Tom Izzo will finally get in the portal and bring somebody in. Yeah, we just I just think as far as state goes with this, like uh, we desperately need this Booker kid because we need a big guy that can yeah, like that, that has has some game. Score. Yeah, Kohler's been a nice little late season like off the bench push but like i know people are crying for him to start over sissoko at this point but i he's such a liability on defense that i still don't think you can give him that many more minutes than sissoko is was trying his best to do it but he just can't the other thing i would say with kohler is you're still playing for something this season if you were in ohio state or minnesota shoes yeah you're playing for the future you know Mati Sissoko, you've been here for three years thanks for your service i got to see what i got in the next guy you're still playing for something, so I don't. I I, I don't think you can. You, like you might be crying for it. Maybe maybe he has shown some offensive prowess that Madi hasn't. But right, yeah, you, you, you are you, got, you are you, though this offseason telling a guy like Sissoko, hey man, I've got the the fourth best player in the class coming in, and uh, we have Cooler Cooler also like, and Cooper who's also a young like I have three big guys that are younger and one's gonna start over you. So like. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Um, taking it back to kind of the, the 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 dying part. I mean, right. I'm 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 kind of looking through my notes to see what I had because I think I did have a little bit more. Um, I have a good topic. A bit, another big point this, that I think we is missed. This is this the one the... that we're? Is this the one? I I I I actually, if this is the same one we're thinking, I specifically left it for the end because I think it is the biggest point in my opinion. And I don't know if I ne- we necessarily agree on it, but it's March Madness and the schedule in general. Yep. Um, they play so many. I want to say, well, the pro- my problem with the schedule is you play all these big games at the start of the season in November when realistically, although they're the big games and they're trying to capture people early on in the non-conference, college football, no one watches them. And then you go and you play conference play where, I mean, the Big 12 has been great this year. But even the big time, like, there aren't the marquee matchups on Tuesday and Thursday nights and, like, conference play, especially, especially like, the Big Ten's not a great example. Lots of solid teams. The Big 12's not a good example. The Pac-12, the ACC, the SEC that have three or four really good ranked teams and then have teams that are not probably going to be tur- three or four guaranteed not tournament teams and then about four or five maybes. You, that just means you have them playing two out of three games are not really worth the watch all season long. And then you kind of get to January when people start tuning in again and they're playing these crappy games. That's yeah. my problem with the schedule. I, I think the schedule, this is something I've said about the NBA and I mean, maybe the NHL for itself. The NFL is so big. Football so big. Stop trying to compete with it. Just get out of its way. Right. I, I, in my opinion, the NBA should open its regular season on December 25th. Um, start, I'd never be opposed to it. 
start Christmas Day because that way you can sell your big name offseason rosters and like everyone's gonna be like, oh, well, let's see the Brooklyn Nets. They have Harden, Durant, and Irving. What's gonna happen with them before you've realized, wait a minute, we're two months into the season. These guys are all hurt or hate each other. And now the Brooklyn Nets are playing on Christmas or Christmas night and you're watching Jared Allen, Ben Simmons, and Seth Curry. And obviously those guys are not all on the same team at the same time. But I think the NBA just basketball hockey too i understand for hockey it's a little bit different because it's a winter sport but basketball's gotta get out of the nfl out of the nfl shadow timing wise and any in it in, in, in both levels um start later have those marquee matchups be at a time like you just mentioned when there is no playoffs when there is no everybody talking about playoffs because you're not gonna you're not gonna capture that attention right you i think the biggest go ahead i was gonna say um, Nick texts us. He's like, "Well, when did we lose to Notre Dame?" I had completely forgotten we played Notre Dame this year. You know why? Because right. I was probably too busy watching Michigan, Ohio State, or LSU, Georgia, to remember that we even played Notre Dame this year. Right, and then I think, like I kind of going back to what I said earlier, and that you kind of then you get to Big Ten play, and it's kind of these sporadic good games. I, I know your it, point I don't is, think there's a way to fix that. That's just how it goes. No, you, I don't think so either. I think my suggestion for that is you put more – I think it was two weeks ago they did the SEC Big 12 Challenge. I know the Big 10 did one with the – The Big East, ACC, yeah. ACC, oh, that because that was the Notre Dame game. But that yeah. was in November. You yeah. do that in February when people are watching. And you play – you go and you play a Thursday – Saturday or Wednesday, Saturday against two ACC teams and do a little tournament in the middle of it. I uh, yeah, I I think there there's definitely room for improvement there to kind of fix it. Um, now let's get to the tournament specifically March Madness because I think this is where we've agreed basically on everything so far. I think this is maybe where we slightly disagree. I think the tournament has become so big that you've killed the regular season, and I don't think it matters. Um, I don't know if that's something that you can agree with, say something to, disagree with, say something to. I'll, I'll kind of give it to you before we continue. Yeah, I like see the point. My thing is just like I think March Madness is so huge and is really the only good thing for basketball that changing or changing March Madness to less teams is only going to hurt college basketball at this point. Because I think you already play your 30 to 35 game schedule. The games are already going to mean half as less as the football games because there's half as many. There's less than half as many football games. So the games right off their face don't mean nearly as much as football. So each individual game in itself is already going to not mean something that I think you're not – you're by making them more important by maybe a game or two by saying let's go down to 32 teams – I think really you just made it – you just, like, cut cut the, cut my hair. You, you gave me a haircut. You didn't give me a full, full-on makeover. So are you saying there's just really – it's kind of at a point where it's so big that there really isn't a fix for it specifically? Because you're right. It, I mean, March Madness does $2, 3000000000 billion a year in revenue over two weekends, effectively. I mean, it's phenomenal. You've got nonstop basketball for four yeah, days from noon to midnight. I mean, I've got some great memories um, watching March Madness games at buzzer beaters. I'm not debating that. I'm just debating that condensing the importance of your entire sport into two weekends is not good for it. And maybe you're right. Maybe because the nature of the schedule, there is no fix for it. You can't go backwards. 
So you might as well take what you can get. And maybe that's the right, an maybe I can make right answer. I don't know the right thing, but maybe that's the best answer there is for this issue. But it's just, it's disappointing that let's take Michigan, Michigan state on Saturday, that game. If it, I mean, like it was a great game to watch. It was emotional. It's a rivalry, all this, but it didn't matter. Yeah. But it isn't part of the problem in that in that the tournament has basically made uh, – because so many teams from the Power Five are going to make it, like the Big Ten's going to have, what, seven, eight teams this year? Yep. Like, you diminish the value of the conference play and the conference tournament, right? Like, that, I couldn't tell you who won the regular season of the Big Ten last year. Like, couldn't tell you who won the Big Ten tournament well, last year. that's also an issue. That, 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 that's also an issue is doesn't matter anymore. If you're not in the tournament, if you're not playing in, in April, nobody cares. Then yeah, so I, I, I could see some my only suggest my only way of thinking that it would be helpful in that instance is it would put more emphasis on these con is conference games. Cause say say you have to say you have to make be a top four team and say we move it down to thirty two or something like that. You have to be a top four team in the conference tournament to make the um, NCAA tournament. So you get – that's 20 of the 32 right there, mm -hmm. right? So now you've put so much stress on getting a bye for the regular season that those regular season games do mean more uh, – I guess I'm proving your point right here. <laughs> but uh, I just kind of – my thing – Thanks, yeah, man. I, I get – yeah, I guess I did just prove your point there. But – Yeah, I'm not now, saying – I'm think trying there... to see if I can counter-argue it. I don't think there. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer because you're right. I mean, when you drop it down to 32 teams, you're now killing off March Madness, and you, like you said, it's become this big thing. You have so much centered around it. I just think that for the health of a sport, like I'll, I'll reiterate, I mean, for the health of a sport, condensing yourself to two weekends can isn't healthy. And I don't know if there. I don't really know if you, you can't really go backwards because then you're basically saying, hey, we're going to take less money by showing less games. No one's ever going to do that. Yeah. Do you do you want do you want the St. Peters though? They're like, do you want that those storylines still? I think you could still get those storylines if you if you still didn't. And again, this is a lot of scheduling that I don't control. It's a lot of moving parts. But if you still had your mid you you still had postseason tournaments for your mid majors, and then those mid majors got pitted up in some tournament there, and you took the the 12 best, let's say you got, you got me 20 power five teams. I got you your next 12 mid majors. Um, yeah. So like the automatic bids still yeah. counted for conference. You still have automatic bids that way. Is that the right answer? Probably not. I'm just kind of spitballing with how to make it. So you have a season, not a tournament. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's, it's a solution where if we knew the answer to this, we wouldn't be talking on this podcast. We'd be talking on, Colin Cowherd show, or maybe even Joe Rogan. Maybe we'd be so popular that he'd have us on. But Joe Rogan does not even know what college basketball is. Yes, but I would argue he doesn't know what half the stuff is that he brings on. He just likes Fair having enough. people on and talking and saying "whoa" while holding a joint. <laughs> <laughs> that was a huge dig at the the number one in our profession. <laughs> That's true. He is the, he is podcasting god, but. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know. I don't really know how much more is to say, but it's it, it's a good it's a good debate. I feel like we've had this 
off air a couple of times over the years. It's it, it it's nice because there is both sides can present valid points. I I don't know if it comes to anything, but it's it's interesting. Um, it is interesting because to me, like it was always the one and done in March Madness were so big, and now we have kind of the added factors that we just talked about, like NIL and the G League and the internet, the internationalization of the game, like have all kind of contributed later on to this. And it's, I don't know if it's like maybe the one and dones were kind of this slow, decreasing sloped linear line. And then all these other factors have gone down. Um, one more thing I wanted to add it on the NIL stuff is I am a little worried that it's not going to get better because uh, it it is a lot of that is state law and it's going to be up to the state legislation to pass stuff for that so you're going to get every single state having something different which mm-hmm. is obviously some are going to be more favorable and some are not going to be just based on the state they live in and not the conference or the school um well can and I- obviously each individual school is going to have their own thing as well so i just think that's just another I don't know. It's I know I'm pouring on to an argument that we no. I mean, no. Down. It's definitely no. It's definitely wild, wild west. And I guess when I said, "Oh, the NIL might be a tool," I meant strictly having the ability to give your guys money that might be able to match up to what they could have been making in the pros or what they could have been making somewhere else, so that right. they stick around for one more year and give you the continuity that we've complained about give you maybe a little bit more name brand that we've um, name brand awareness that we've complained about because I mean, you don't even know who's on these teams anymore. I look yeah. at what is it? I, Houston's number one right now. I don't know who's on Houston. I and it's Al- super weird. Cause we put, we root for a, a quote unquote blue blood who like has a large fan base that people follow every year, regardless of whether they're a one seed or an 11 seed. Uh, but think about, my thought is always like think about like a like a, a a power five school that is not a big time basketball program. So think of like the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. Think of like a, a Northwestern or a Illinois. Although Illinois has been very good recently, uh, not a good or like think of a random Pac twelve school like a Arizona State or something like that, where they're in the tournament every other year, every three years. Um, maybe they make a sweet 16 every five years, every six years. Hey, that's like those Michigan programs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's those programs that hurt the most because they already don't have this great big following because they're not necessarily known as a basketball school. And then I think they lose even more. They have even more roster turnover because guys want to play for A, money, and B, they want to win. So they're so why would they go to these mediocre schools year in and year out? No, they just recycle. If they don't like one little thing about the program, they can recycle. So these already smaller fan bases are even more deterred from following the sport every day or following their team every day because, like we've mentioned, there's so much turnover with NIL and, and the the portal and all that junk. Yeah, no, it, it's tough. Um God, it's depressing that we've been relegated to one sweet 16 in 10 years. You can be relegated to that. I think that we just did that ourselves. But that's what I'm saying. Like, we, I mean, relegated as in like we, we, we used to sit there and say, oh, we make a final four every four years and we're, 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 we're second rounding everything. And now it's like, hey, man, like you're getting, uh, you're getting bounced by Middle Tennessee State and Upshaw. God, I hated that fella. 
but yeah um, have we had have we made it out of the first week well i guess it's we know we haven't because we were no uh set lost to duke last year the year before we lost in the playing game covid was the year before that and the year before that was the duke year that we've made the final the four. final four yeah. then syracuse Syracuse, Kansas, yeah. Middle Tennessee State, Final Four again. I guess technically speaking, it's like we're due for a Final Four run if we're going off that four-year cycle. But I just think it's kind of the meeting yeah, between is... where it's like, hey, we used to do, we used to drop Elite Eights, we used to drop Sweet Sixteens, and now it's just like no hint of it. No, and it's not going to happen this year. I know we kind of interweaving, interwoven we, we, in this, drop, this we'd debate. Be the Michigan Cinderella. State team. We'd be dropping a Cinderella run equal to St. Peter's if we got up to the Sweet 16. Yeah, like or UCLA two years ago would be a great comparison. That UCLA um, team is crazy. It's like the it's same team too. that's like going to be like a uh, like a two seed this year though. Hey, look what happens. Like a lot of those guys. Hey, are still look the what same. happens. Yeah, roster continuity. Exactly. Look what happens exactly. when you can bring back upperclassmen. Maybe that's why Houston's so good because they their guys have bought into whatever they're doing and they haven't left, and so they have a bunch of old guys. And they're like, and they're just like, they're like the BYU of basketball, where they come in with grown ass men, and you're playing against like teenagers, and it's like, hey, we're gonna out rebound you, we're exactly. gonna, gonna push you exactly. around, and you're gonna lose. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't go on like five minutes where they don't score. Like oh, MSU, those, those are my favorite Michigan State runs. MSU loves to do that this year between minutes like thirteen and eight in the second half. They yes. every game, I feel like they. Like mid second half, they just forget how to score, and then they have to either crawl their way back in, or they have to try and fiend someone off at the end of the game. Oh God, we're pathetic. Oh well, um, I think we're hitting rambling stage, you know. Yeah, yeah. But let's say this. Um, I think this was again, like I mentioned earlier, this is this is a riveting topic. I do really enjoy talking about it because. College basketball is something I grew up with. College basketball is something I was incredibly passionate with. And I feel maybe this is just me getting older, having less free time, but I don't have the same passion as I used to for it. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm the living embodiment of what we just talked about is we're, we're losing interest in and we just don't care enough anymore. But it, it's interesting. Um, I'll kind of give you the last words uh, for me. No, it's good to uh, – oh, sorry. I was going to say gonna for me, Bill Green, everyone. Yeah, I feel bad that I cut off your final words now, so I feel like I shouldn't say anything. All right. This is me not saying anything. Oh, boy. Bye, everyone.